talking about something that affects so many people, but that nobody wants to talk about. Pornography. Speaking to individuals trying to stop looking at porn, and to spouses looking for support. This is Danny and Lindsay Pullman, a married couple who have been through this together. We're sharing a mix of our personal experiences, our experience as certified life coaches, and other empowering ideas. We hope this can help you on your journey. Enjoy! What's up, everybody? We are here today talking to you about healing. We're going to talk about, you know, how we used to think about healing years ago and how we've used the knowledge and coaching tools that we have to be in this place where we can be more connected to ourselves than ever, more connected to our needs so that we can accelerate the healing process. And we're also going to talk about some other advantages of why healing can be so effective and helpful for you in your life. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this is not only, like Lindsay said, it's not only about healing from past injuries, but um, which is really important, right? We want to learn how to do that. Um, but then it's also about what it can entail for you if you are able to get even better at healing. Like, what can that mean for you going mm-hmm. forward, and what can you go for and create? So we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go. Uh, to start out, I'll just share personal experience of a time in my life where I felt really out of control with what was going on with my anxiety and just like pains in my body. I had this heartburn that would show up and just like put me on the floor. It was really painful and it would last for sometimes sometimes hours. Yeah, and we tried all the things, you guys. (laughs) So you can send us emails and ask us. We used cinnamon water, whatever. We tried all the things, and it did not go away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of that kind of helped, but but, uh, it wasn't until I started healing, like emotionally, that it actually started going away. Anyway, we'll get into that. Um, But where I was at is I was, I had anxiety from my PTSD that I was going through, and I, I couldn't even leave the house. I felt uh, really paralyzed. I had a hard time making decisions. Um, like even like, what do you want from the restaurant, Danny? We're getting takeout. I'm going to bring some food home. Yeah. Uh, like even that would like overwhelm me when my anxiety was going nuts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't know how to impact it, influence it. I thought it was just like the weather, like it was just raining that day in my brain and there's yeah. nothing I could do about it. I and was- yeah, and I feel like with your depression, it felt it kind of seemed that way too. The way it would come on, didn't yeah, you feel like it? Yeah, exactly. Same exact thing. Yeah. The depression just manifested differently, and it's. I think the way it seemed like it for me is my anxiety would go nonstop for so long that mm-hmm. then my body would just get so exhausted from it that I'd need to go back the other way and then mm-hmm. be depressed to like force the resting and recovery and oversleeping or whatever just to mm-hmm. recover from all the anxiety and then I'd go back once I started recovering from that I'd go back to the anxiety and then it was like back and forth roller like coaster both extremes yeah it was uh I, I didn't know what was going on I felt really powerless and it felt like it might go on forever and you know that those, those are times when I had more suicidal thoughts because it's mm-hmm. like I can't go on like this like this is just like it feels like almost too much pain for Mm -hmm. me to handle and if it can't get better I don't even know if it can like I was really I was pretty hopeless for a time there yeah so um 
Anything you wanted to add to that? No, I mean, I I think for me, yeah, like, I mean, his, with his physical, you know, sensations of anxiety and depression, that stuff, like, that's kind of where he was. And I feel like I, when I was, when we were kind of going through our struggles together, I was kind of more in like a numb, like a numb shutdown state. So I just kind of responded, my body just responded differently. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I did most of the time, too, is I would just try to numb from the anxiety or depression with Netflix or yeah. Or whatever. Or still porn at times. Um, just ice cream with cinnamon rolls from Cinnabon <laughs> at Maverick. <laughs> I gained a bunch of weight. I, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I wanted to disconnect from it because that was yeah. the only thing that felt like it did help because I yeah. didn't know how to help it in yeah. in the more sustaining right. uh, healing types of ways at that time. Yeah. And so I guess th- the reason we're sharing this is just to – kind of relate to anybody out there i know not everyone goes through ptsd but that doesn't mean everyone doesn't have struggles that are really hard for them and um and it doesn't mean people haven't felt out of control with their own emotional experience at times you Mm -hmm. don't have to go through ptsd to have a really hard human experience right or hard times in your life yeah and i would argue for some of my women they exhibit ptsd like symptoms from you know through what they're going through so even if we're not calling it that there's still a bit a little bit of that symptomatic um response you know but something to keep in mind too is like at least for me personally i was like suppressing and like just shutting myself down but when we like suppress or block our emotion our emotions it doesn't stop the stress hormones from mobilizing and that and that's why you know if we don't listen to ourselves those will continue to those stress hormones will continue to mobilize and it will just show up in ways that demand our attention. So that's why we're yeah. that kind of leads us into physical healing from physical stuff. Yeah, I I just thought of something I want to share. Um, so our bodies want to heal is what we're going to talk about here. Like our bodies so are programmed that way. Like they want to heal, and and your body knows how to heal a lot of times. But then sometimes it needs us to intervene too, right? It, it can mm-hmm. do a lot without our intervention and without mm-hmm. us getting involved. But then um, it can only do so much, okay? But if you get involved with it, that's where you can really um, find amazing amounts of healing. Yeah, for sure. Everything can be healed almost. Um I mean, I, you know, some people might be like, well, but what about stage four cancer? And, but you know, there, there are things that happen where people really do recover from crazy types of cancer and there's not like a scientific explanation. And so even though it sounds preposterous, I don't want to put limitations on it. Yeah. Um, even like, just think about yourself. Like if you were that person, do you want to just be told that there's no hope or do you want to be able to call the shots for yourself right like there was a covid patient who had a one percent chance of survival they called him patient zero and he just got released from the hospital like a day or two ago yeah so it's like you can totally choose to think that way but like when it comes to yourself like who do you who do you want to be in those scenarios you know yeah i heard that story about the chinese family who the doctor told the family that the grandma was going to die from cancer within like a few months and because they tell the family first there I think and then they decided not to tell the grandma (laughs) to keep it a secret and she ended up living for way longer and it's it's kind of a question of like if she knew she that the doctors said this would she have died sooner or you know it's just an interesting question to look at so what I was going to say is 
when I was a dentist and stopped working as a dentist due to the PTSD stuff, my hands were shaking. And that's why I stopped. As soon as that started happening, I was like, I can't <laughs> put sharp things in people's mouths if my hands are shaking. Like, I went home that day, I canceled all the appointments, and I actually I haven't been back as a dentist in a dental office since but he has day. given he has given our kids cleanings so yeah. it's actually worked really nice during lockdown we can still get our dental checkups yeah <laughs> yeah my hands don't shake anymore but wait why don't they shake anymore so <laughs> i i thought that my hands shaking was a bad thing and because it threatened my career right and i thought it was like the enemy and like no it's not okay for your hands to shake and so i like kind of like shut down the shaking even though my hands kept shaking, I, I continued to think it's not okay, right? Um, and then the result of all that is that I ended up getting all this help to heal in ways that I really needed to heal, right? So so I started realizing that, wow, all the things my body did ended up um, leading me to get the help I needed, okay? So I used to think it was all not okay, shouldn't be happening, but really, it was all part of the healing. Mm-hmm. And I just got coached a few weeks on, ago on this, and it came up about the shaking, remember? And mm-hmm. and the thing that came up was like, was this thought, this idea that it's not okay to shake. And when I was able to shift to, you know what? It's okay to shake. I was like crying. I like, I healed in this new way. I took like this new step forward and... Um, it's okay to shake is something I've been telling myself this whole month. And so like if I start feeling kind of shaky or anxious, then I like get involved with it now. I was just yeah. doing it last night. Like I, I shake my body with it and I'm yeah. like, let's do it. You need to shake body to heal? Let's shake. What were you saying <laughs> about your patients and like certain patients that were kind of more intentional or and involved with their um, like their process of like coming to you and wanting help? Um. Let's let's come back to that. Okay. Um, but yeah, basically our bodies want to heal, right? So if you get a cut in your skin, your body uh-huh. knows how to heal. Uh-huh. Um, it, it heals, it, it closes up the gap, right? You get the little scab there, it falls off, and then your Amazing. skin is new. You got that. It looks kind of pink for a little bit, and your body knows how to do it. It's so cool. If you have like a bunch of sand and glass in the wound, it might not heal, right? It might get infected. So, Interestingly, though, the body's going to probably continue to keep trying to heal right yeah it'll it won't stop yeah. trying to heal yeah and every even the infection is part of the body trying to heal all of the swelling and uh-huh. it tries to wall off that mm-hmm. part right and even if that part of your body falls off eventually <laughs> that's part of your body surviving it's like okay let that part fall off and we'll go on without it because <laughs> it's better to let it fall off than let the infection kill all of us right okay so yeah the body doesn't stop and, uh, and, but then if at the same time, if you were to step in and say, let's clean the wound uh-huh. and clear out the stuff, clear out the debris, then it helps it heal faster. Right. So that's an example of when we can get involved. Yeah. And then emotionally, our bodies want to heal too. Right. So that's where it's not just physically, but also right. emotionally. Yeah. Which I think is so powerful because I think sometimes we get stuck in our emotional pain and we just think like, we are in pain because of everything around us. It feels very reactive. Um, we feel very disempowered. And we, we think that the only way we can get past something is if it never happened or if someone else changes, right? It can be really hard to 
kind of shift out of that mindset. Um, what I will say when when you when when you are ready to recover from some of that those emotional wounds, some of the most important like foundational work is first creating safety for yourself. So deciding what safety means for you. Um, secondly, having emotionally corrective experiences, and third, just repetition. So making sure you can bring yourself to a safe space. For some people, that needs to be physically. For some, it just needs to be stuff they tell themselves to remind themselves they're safe. And the emotionally corrective experiences, that's where coaching and therapy comes in, right? It's how we think about the past because our past experiences that we have and we deem as painful, they're only painful when we're thinking about them. So we're thinking words in our head about the past right now and creating pain right now with our thoughts. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, and with the along with the safety thing um in this day and age it's not like it used to be where we're like living in caves and could get Mm -hmm. eaten by lions and whatever right it's uh so the safety most of the time is gonna be more of a mental shift i think right it's it's because if if you really stop and look at where you're at uh-huh. And there are lots of grounding techniques, like Google grounding techniques and just find some if you struggle with this. And mm-hmm. you can like, you know, go barefoot in the grass or yeah. or just go out and be in the sun. Or There are a lot of different ways to do it. Breathing is a big part. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really stop and look at your immediate surroundings, most of us aren't in a situation where we're in great danger, mm-hmm. right, of like life-threatening proportions. Right. And so a lot of times that safety comes from like grounding and recognizing, okay, like mm-hmm. maybe I'm not in danger. Oh, you know what? Maybe my emotion, my painful emotion can't kill me. I think I used to think they could kill me. Yeah. <laughs> that something bad is <laughs> if my anxiety got too out of control that yeah. I might explode or something. Yeah. And the cool thing too is like that does start with our brain, but we can still utilize our physical environment to enhance that or to make that you know, make connections between safety and something. So for some people, it's like turning a diffuser on in their room that has a certain smell, right? Or like, I love the sound of water. So I, when I come out, you know, when I come out to do my self-coaching outside, I love, it sounds really random, but I love opening our pool cover because then it makes this dripping water noise for like 10, 20, 30 minutes. And it's like so soothing to me. I do. I yeah, love I it. This about yeah, you. like I'd love to be the one that opened the pool <laughs> so that I can hear the water drip. Yeah. So Good to know. everyone has their own ways of creating safety. It starts with our mind, but we can also what about, use like, hearing someone go to the bathroom like that. That's okay. That does the opposite for me. <laughs> okay. That you know, but like actually... when your kids go and pee or something. Oh my gosh, we live in we have tile floor <laughs> houses, so we can hear everything. I love the sound of rain. I used to not really love the sound of rain, but after a year in Oregon, I've really come to just appreciate that soothing noise. So we can use our physical environment to help us too. But emotionally corrective experiences, it does come from our mind, and that's where our thinking can really, we can choose to use thinking that kind of makes us feel stuck There's or that like really empowers us and helps us see how much control we actually have and how much control we've always had. You've always loved the beaches too. Like, oh is my the, gosh. Are the yeah. wave sounds a big part yes, of that? Yes, the waves and feet in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's a great place to get grounded. And we can hear the <laughs> waves from our house when it's. There aren't a lot of waves in the Mediterranean, but um, when it's 
rainy here or windy, we can hear the waves from our house, and it's I love that too. Yeah. So, so the question is like for you. <laughs> thanks for sharing. I could go on about water. For for you, what <laughs> what are those things that can help you, right? And just kind of play yeah. with it, experiment with it, and see. So and then the third thing is what repetition. Just repetition. Yeah. Yeah. So just like it, that could be like journaling for yourself and having these emotionally corrective experiences, like. Write down your thoughts, like word vomit, whatever it is you need to just get out on paper. Don't try to filter what comes to your consciousness because that is something that has been going on in your subconscious. And so write stuff down. And then I love to just, you know, pick a few thoughts that kind of like strike a co- strike a chord. I'm like, whoa, that one hurts to, to see on paper. And I like to challenge my thoughts, like challenge it, chew on it. Is this 100% true? How much is it costing me by believing this? Is it really my choice whether to think this or not? That's a good one. Yeah. That my brain always fights back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just, no, it's not a choice. This is no. just the fact. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you can, if you want, you can find my email at the end of the podcast and send me an email and just write questions, and I'll send you back a list a list of questions to just start asking yourself as you do more free writing. Okay. So we got safety. Three steps. Safety emotionally corrective experience and repetition okay so safety it's kind of like you got bit by the bear and you're getting away to a place of safety where it can't bite you anymore number two or emotionally corrective that's like cleaning out the wound yeah right yeah and when you you got to do this emotionally too sometimes you got to clean out the wound emotionally Mm -hmm. and then repetition is kind of like you change the dressing on the wound and you do it so many times until it's healed. I like that right? that imagery of changing the dressing because that really sometimes you'll see a similar thought pattern kind of come up somewhere else in your life and it's like, oh, I know what to do here. I've done this. And then you can continue to dress that wound yeah. until it's gone. So you find maybe some more useful uh, mindsets or ways, modes of thinking, yeah. believing, and then you repeat it enough times like you're dressing the wound until yeah. you heal. And the beautiful thing is like you do that... And the past still hasn't changed. So you can create that for yourself, even with the past not changing. Right. So powerful. Yeah, I used to spend a lot of time just like wishing the past would be different because I thought that was, (laughs) I thought that was what would make me feel better. Oh yeah, I totally, with like porn, I was like, why can't we just erase this? Yeah. Like almost like, why do I even have to know, you know? Yeah, or with my traumatic experiences, like I just wish that never happened. Yeah. But then it doesn't do you any good because you can't, you cannot go back and change the past. What you can change is how you think about it. Okay. Right now. So... Moving on. Um, so an example that Lindsay was asking about earlier is treating patients, right? As a dentist, something I noticed, and other doctors, dentists will tell you this too, um, one of the most helpful um, sources of information in treating a patient is the patient, right? <laughs> and For the most part, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a better idea not to believe the patient, and you kind of figure out when to do that and when not to. Um, but when you have a patient who's really engaged in the process of trying to figure out what's going on, and they're not like disconnecting from all their pain, um, it's such a valuable part of the process, right? And then on the flip side, um, I know like, for a friend of ours, she had some health issues that she wanted to work through, and um, once she like really 
realize that she's got to be the one to to like take ownership and make it happen and not just rely on one doctor's opinion or whatever like she she made it happen right yeah i mean if you think about it if you go to an endocrinologist they're going to look at the hormone like it's like one doctor is going to look with their lens right but like you have your lens and it's so it's really powerful right because they might look for evidence with regard to their lens and so that's why it can be super powerful to like trust yourself and yeah so so i always recommend to people as the patient to be their own best proponent for themselves and for their own healing process right Mm -hmm. and it's a really important thing that will it will help you get better health care don't just a lot of us i think we want someone to just give us the answers and have them for us but that's part of uh you're missing out on so much power that you do have when you do that right so so what you can do is start asking yourself like what what do I think I should do for my healing? What's my next step, right? Yeah, and that goes along with coaching too, is like as coaches, we help you develop that. That's like one of the most important things is like helping you develop that trust, that trust in you. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, so we're talking about healing. We're convincing you why you want to get on board with your own healing if you want the best results anyway. And um, part of why is, like we said, you can heal from that, the painful injuries that you have had in your life, right? You can heal from those, and that's great. Like, let's, let's heal from what's happened. But then the other side of this is if you get really good at healing intentionally, mm-hmm. like, what can that mean for you and what you're able to create or the goals you're able to set and go for or the failures on the way to those goals that you'll be able to just weather and go right through right like what can it mean for you if you get really good at this i like the example of of you know professional athletes i always like that example (laughs) um like nba players right they they're good at healing right part of what's allowed them to perform at that high level is that they're good at healing and they have these teams of people mm-hmm. <laughs> that are devoted not only to helping them heal from the big injuries right which is a lot of times what we all focus on but also to like heal from the little things that happen as they keep getting in the game right because mm-hmm. if you keep getting in the game of your life you're going to have little injuries along the way but if you get really good at healing then what can that mean for you and how much better can you get yeah. at the game of life if if you improve this skill? Yeah, I mean, Danny's talking about that, you know, physically, which totally happens. And on an emotional level, like with our thinking, it's like if you have your own back with your thinking, like you can be that person that when you have these thoughts that hold you back from doing what you want to do, you can like be onto yourself, right? And challenge that and shift things and reframe things so to, for your own benefit, right? Yeah, and the, really the, the physical is so related to the yes, mental and so, sure. so much more than I think we'll ever realize. Yeah, um, I agree. But like with me, my hands don't shake anymore. Mm-hmm. My heartburn, I hardly ever get that heartburn now. If I do, it lasts for like, you know, a few minutes is all. And it's like once every three or four months or something. What do you ask yourself when you get the heartburn? Because this might be something like, for you know, if someone has some sort of physical cue or like a physical sensation that they have that's uncomfortable like what kind of questions could our listeners ask themselves to 
get more in touch and connect with themselves? Good question. Uh, yeah, so with the heartburn, you know, I tried all the remedies, home remedies and over-the-counter and prescription stuff even to help with it, and it still didn't go away, like Lindsay said. Um, but then once I worked through my anxiety and PTSD, um, it went away, right? So if it does come up, I think something that I've learned to do is... I mean, first of all, I get a little frustrated a lot of times. Like, oh, great, here it is again. <laughs> ah, pain, I don't want pain. Like, we have that initial reaction to get away from the pain, right? For me, it's, like, instinctual. Yeah, yeah, and it's supposed to be that way. Like, if you do that, there's yeah. part of your brain that's designed to just avoid any pain, emotional mm-hmm. or physical, at all costs, right? Um, but you can also kind of get better at noticing that and redirecting sooner and sooner in the process. So that's what's happened for me is is I can catch that sooner and be like, okay, what's going on? Like, what can I tap into? What's my body trying to tell me right now? And is there some way that I can take a step back and observe um, some way to take care of myself right Mm -hmm. now, right? And this is a useful thing with urges too. If you're like, if any of you are having urges for porn or for food or whatever it is, um, something useful for me when I have urges is like, okay, what's my body trying to tell me right now? Like, mm-hmm. is there some way that that I could take care of myself mm-hmm. in, a, in a sustaining or healing or enriching way right now? Because um, in the past, like, when I would want porn, it's usually a time that I'd want to check out and not heal and kind of dig a deeper hole with how porn affects your brain. You know, mm-hmm. it, it leaves you worse off than before. And so it's like I dig a deeper hole instead of actually heal. So, okay. Cool. How about you? What are some questions that people can ask? Oh, man. I think, you know, you know what, like, why is this going on? Just like, what, what's going on? Why? Sometimes, like, you'll be surprised at, like, what memory or what thought comes to your consciousness. And you might think, and sometimes you might be like, no, it can't be that. You know, but other times you might be like, maybe there is something there. Like I was actually just getting coached the other day and um, there was this thought that I had, like I said this thought to myself and it suddenly like triggered this memory from like 14 years ago and I suddenly realized I had this like pretty painful experience to work through, right? Mm -hmm. And I was able to like, my coach was able to hold the space for me to kind of take myself down that path, but it all came from this one thought and then it kind of triggered this memory. But it was just about current stuff going on. Like I was just talking about stuff during that day during that week that I was wanting to do or change and then she asked me some question like what are you thinking when this happens and I just yeah so it's amazing like if you're just willing to be open to yourself and ask yourself why I think we have the answers you know so much more than you know yeah and there's a difference between what Lindsay's saying and like buying into all the thoughts, for example, that I would have when I was really anxious, right? When yes, I was really sure. anxious, I'd, you know, you can <laughs> tend to be just looking for danger everywhere and yeah. things are going to go wrong or explode or whatever mm-hmm. and something terrible is going to happen, right? So it's not about buying in to what you make the anxiety mean or whatever feeling it is or pain you're working through. Um, so it's not about buying into that as much as asking what the cause behind it might be right yeah it's kind of like um like with a broken bone right you can either 
just take the pain pills and the bone never heals, right? But at mm-hmm. least you don't feel the pain. Or you can like ask what's causing the pain. Oh, it's a broken bone. You can find a way to like set that bone mm-hmm. and then actually heal from it. Yeah. And then also just I want to add like with anxiety, you know, um, you can listen to those cues and you can also sometimes if there's like past trauma or just, you know, if it's like constant anxiety and it's been around for a while, you can also see what thoughts come up and, you know, talk yourself through it, you know, validate yourself, validate the anxiety, but also like remind yourself, excuse me, remind yourself that you are in a safe space in this moment, right? And so sometimes those stressors, those signals are going to be, keep being sent to you, but you don't always have to decide that there is danger and you need to go run and hide in a cave. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to like creating that safety for yourself, Mm -hmm. like you said. Yeah. And doing it mentally. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you can always email us and reach out. Um, And again, if you want to have more questions on hand for when you are writing and getting your thoughts out on paper, email lindsay at lindsaypolmancoaching.com with the word question in the subject line, and I will send you a list, my friend. Do it. She's got a good list here. (laughs) Take care, you guys. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're ready to get unstuck, move forward, or just feel better about your life and marriage, please reach out to us, whether it's for both of you or just yourself. You'd be surprised how much progress can be made in your marriage even if one of you works on the relationship. Don't wait for someone else to make things better for you. For more information or to find out what it would be like to have a coach, visit our websites, lindsaypullman.com and dannypullman.com. Make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. For freebies or other guides mentioned, check out the show notes. And to our current clients, we love you and thank you for letting us be a part of your hero's journey. Thank you.